I scared a child away from a birthday party today. Nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. (laughs) Ah, damn it. (laughs) It was right there. Come on, Joe. I'm going to just keep that there, but welcome to season two, where Joe tries to get the episodes going. So, uh... Happy season two from the Disaster Dads. Welcome, join us. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, if you're if you're playing along with the home game, this is actually episode thirty. But you know what? We decided to change things up a little bit. Uh, it's been about a year, so we're gonna call this the start of season two because drum roll, please. Yeah, because I didn't want to hit my microphone because I'd go weird. Uh, We have a new addition to the Disaster Dads. He has been with us for a long time. He did accept our rose, uh, and we were happy that we're waiting for the the after show to see how things really, really went. But uh, Robin is joining us as a 100% official uh, Disaster Dad, and he is now officially on the text stream, and um, he's probably got us on mute, so he's just one of the regular dads now. So we... We are happy to have him here for with us on season two. So thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to be here. I'll do this episode and be back in season three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the way, muting the muting that tweet stream or that text stream is essential. Yeah, that's a smart move. Yeah. But, but uh, I'm fine. I have found that we the new platform we switched to, you can only mute the longest is like 30 days. And then I forget, and I forget it kicks off at inopportune times like conferences or whatever. And it starts to vibrate on the table with every one of the streams. So I need to figure that out anyways. That's my problem. So, uh, season two. So for, for this one, um, we are going to go back to basics. You know, we're the, the disaster dads. We talk about disasters sometimes. We talk about dad stuff sometimes. So, uh, but Joe never talks. So we never. wanted to. <laughs> so, so Joe is taking the lead. Uh, we are at the tail end right now of um, National Preparedness Month, and so I wanted to uh, turn it over to Joe. This is his episodes. He's actually put together an outline. So, if you notice something <laughs> different with this episode, it's because we're um, if organized. Maybe if it feels we, more prepared. We actually had a plan. <laughs> we had a plan. It's I'm, a, I'm bugging thinking? out. I'm bugging out. <laughs> but I'm bum. Yeah. So. Jesse, all right. This, it's all you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I actually, I went through the first couple of episodes and actually talked quite a bit, and then I felt like, eh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, check this one out. And then the episodes got better. And then. <laughs> <laughs> then you turned yeah. to Twitter. Then, then I turned to Twitter, and as some of you know, I'm pretty well known on, on Twitter. Um, <laughs> all right. So we wanted to sort of kick this back to basics, as Eric said, and talk about uh, National Preparedness Month. So some of you know National Preparedness Month uh, happens in September every year. And uh, really, it's not that old of a month. Uh, there's been, obviously, <laughs> I know, there's not, it's not September that September. is one of the it's, newer months. It is one of the newer months. I do remember voting. People are talking about it more and more. Yeah, I remember I mean, voting on it, I think. October is old as shit, but September is one of those newer months. Yeah. In my yeah. day, we only had 11 months, and we were fine with it. <laughs> And we liked it. <laughs> this is when I get in um, trouble when I go upstairs later and Hillary's like, you're so loud on that thing. Just be quiet down there. National Preparedness Month is a newer thing. That's what I was getting. This is why I don't talk. This is this is it. Is this when we talk about uh, pediatric cancer this month? Oh, no. Oh, no. Too, too, too close. Too, too, too soon. soon. Too, too soon. soon. Too soon. <laughs> That that's what made me famous on Twitter, folks. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, infamous on Twitter. Infamous. All right. So the first the first National Preparedness Month, 2002. So this is the 15th anniversary of National Preparedness Month, um, and the reason it's in September every year is is twofold. One is obviously um, September 11th. Uh, they use September because it highlights the uh, importance of being prepared, but also because as we have seen over the last. Uh, month and a half. And as we've seen, uh, and as Robin can speak to personally, uh, it's the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season. So typically mid-September. So September is a good time to uh, talk about basic emergency preparedness, 
Uh, the theme this year is disasters don't plan ahead. You can. So we're going to talk about some of the things you can do here uh, to plan ahead. So I want to kick it off first to talk about emergency planning uh, for yourself, your family, and your friends. Uh, I would uh, actually ask the guys here how many of them have emergency plans. Crickets. Uh, we've got... We- we, we have three. Oh. What I love is in the in the the outline that we read is we said written plan. Who has a written plan? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> not a written plan. You no. didn't write it down. It didn't happen. Remember? I have a thought plan. Was that plan. supposed to read the outline? <laughs> I have a, I have a nice no. thought plan. I don't have a. Uh, we we have a written plan. page of important contact numbers, but I actually wrote an emergency plan for my family. Really? Of course. Is that is that crazy? Is I mean, I write emergency plan? I mean, plans all day. That goes along with it. Well, I, I mean, that's how I briefed it out. Well, <laughs> a nice PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> There's an executive level for Eileen, and then the detailed version for the kids. Um, See, you're you're different than me, Joe. I write them all day too, and I just don't want to bring my work home. Uh, oh yeah. See. No, because I, I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing at work. I should feel a little bit in control at home. Uh, that backfired for other reasons. But um, So there are a couple things you can do um, when it comes to having an emergency plan, right? It doesn't need to be written. Uh, it should be. It could be. Um, that's the best way to sort of codify some of the information in that plan but um, and, and the best way to um, – Make sure subtle, that it's always available. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try and be uh, less passive aggressive in season two. Um, <laughs> everyone likes gold. Uh, more, don't, more actively aggressive. Yeah, don't go yeah, change. Just straight up active uh, aggression in, in season two. Um, so when we talk about emergency plans, there's a couple things that should go into that. Um, the first is important phone numbers, right? So obviously... Most of us know our spouse's phone numbers, close family and friends who may be nearby, but you want to include things like the uh, child care or school, um, child care provider or school phone numbers for the kids. Um, you want to include utility phone numbers. So if you, uh, you know, the power company, the gas company, the water company, things like that, um, <clears throat> those should all be like key essentials in the emergency plan. The other is um, basically having uh, like rally points or assembly locations. So my family sort of looked at it as as a tiered approach. So the first thing we put in was, what do we do if we have to evacuate our house? Where do we go? Okay, well, we go to the tree that's in the, uh, just near the curb. All right, where do we go if we need to evacuate our street or our close in neighborhood? Okay, we go to the community center. Uh, It's about four blocks away. And then where do we go if we need to evacuate the area? And the first place we go is my wife's school where she teaches, and that's about uh, 25 miles away. Um, So we sort of have a tiered approach, and I made sure that my wife knows it, and obviously I know it. Um, So um, we sort of put some thought into that and and determined uh, where we want to assemble. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to pipe in and, and talk about some of the things that you've put into your emergency plan or things you've discussed with your significant others uh, as it relates to uh, having a plan for your family? So we've done the simple planning of, of the fire drill type stuff. We talked about where the kids and, and now that they're older um, and in school and having fire drills at school, then most likely in next month and during fire prevention month, we're, I'm going to start hitting the uh, smoke alarms in the house and talking about how we get outside, go to a neighbor's house next door, go to the tree. Um, the, we're fortunate that my parents only live a couple hours north of here in Philadelphia, and we actually did um, bug out right after the derecho storm because we had uh, – our son was four months old at the time. We had no power, no air conditioning, nothing, and you know we were new parents, nervous and not knowing what we were doing. So we're like, you know what, we're, we're packing up and, and heading to my parents' house. So uh, we just called them that morning. We're like, a massive storm came through. We have no power. We don't know when it's coming back. Um you know, Eric had a, a much worse go with that storm. Um, so based on that, yeah. again, we, we had no there was no idea how expansive the the, the power loss was through the area and, and how long it would take to get back. Um, so, yeah, we had the four month over like this kid is not sitting in an, in an unair conditioned house in 90 degree summer weather. So uh, we're packing up ahead north for the weekend. So surprise visit to my parents. It worked out. Um, that's that's the extent of our plan and the experience we have with it. Uh, any kind of tiered approach, we don't have anything set like that. 
I don't have any sort of tiered approach at all. I've had a conversation, but we don't have like an official spot to go to. I am the worst at this. I have a really nice bag that would be good for a go bag. It's empty. Uh, all I'm the sorry, supplies what? that. Yeah. God damn it! Every time, every time. Uh, <clears throat> um, but it's got nothing in it. So yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've thought about it, and we've had some discussions, but um, I still have two, uh, sm- uh, you know, smoke. T- talking about fire prevention month, two smoke detectors that take nine volt batteries that are uh, the batteries started beeping, so they need to get replaced. And I don't have batteries for them, so they're just sitting downstairs. I'm horrible. So I don't have. That's a long way to say it. I got nothing. I like your tiered approach idea, though. Does anyone else want to admit uh, their failures over uh, the podcast? We don't have a tiered approach, but I think you know, as we like what, uh, talked about last time, that kind of the because of what I do, like you, Joe, that any kind of big disasters or anything, I'm pretty much obligated to stay here. Um, and so, you know, our tiered approach, the, the local one, is you know, meet outside at the rally point by the tree, and then. Other than that, it's uh, Megan packs up the kids and uh, heads up north to her par- parents and Tyler. So it's about three hours from here. Um, but I like that having a regional one. I have to do that. Yeah, my wife works like pretty far west of the city. So the likelihood of something impacting where she works is pretty minimal. But I work downtown. So... Um, the goal is if we can't stay at our house, if we can't go be downtown, we're going to go as far west as we can. So her her school is a good meeting spot. And then from there, like we can get that's pretty close to the highway to get to my parents' house. And um, so. So uh, you're talking like, rally points as far as if you're at work and she's at work and the kids are at daycare or you know free school, whatever grade yep. they're in, that kind of. OK, so that's right. Different. If we're if we're not together mm-hmm. and we need. We need to have, and we, for some, for whatever reason, don't have communication. And I mean, we saw that here in DC, the DC area with the earthquake. Um, like those are our defaults that we know we're going to aim for one of those places. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. But that's something I hadn't thought about at all because my wife stays at home and I work at home. So we're already here. So it's not like, I mean, the, our biggest hurdle then is going to be someone's got to go to the two schools and get the kids. Right. Yeah. So that's a good, good thought process there. You know, I've actually had a lot, I've thought a lot about that as well because I also work downtown, um, in Washington and, um, you know, so the idea being that if something were to occur, uh, in the city, it would likely impact my ability to get in and out. Whereas Anne could go, my wife could go and grab the kids and head out. We're, we have a slightly different situation where we've got a lot of family in the in the area, so uh, we've got local resources, and then we also have uh, an, uh, a spot, a family friends location outside of the city, well outside of this, you know, uh, a couple states away that we can drive to if we um, if we want to get out of DC, uh, but. Um, yeah, I worry a lot about, you know, if mass transit goes down or something like that, how how I would have to deal with that. Right. And my wife and I have this different situation. She works downtown. I work in the, in the community so I can just I can get. So just kids. ditch her, grab the kids and head. And, for and, and, and she works. <laughs> she works downtown, much like you, Dan. So right. getting out of this is a nightmare. And I, w- I was stuck downtown on 9-11 and it took uh, probably about eight hours to get out of out of dc so i know that if something happens it's going to be a while for her to get out because mass transit's going to shut down or, or be completely blocked and traffic's going to be terrible so um, right. i get the kids oh and it it doesn't take a massive event to shut down the city uh no. you know we we could go through a multitude of events and stories going back to tractor man i'll i'll <laughs> wax on that for a while you know, I if we have to google Google Tractor Google, Man Google DC. DC, DC Tractor Man, and just there's your story, and that shut down the city for several, for an entire afternoon commuting into the evening. Yeah, I forgot yep. about. So, yeah, it was like eight hours, right? Yeah. I mean, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he has his own Wikipedia page. Oh, his name you. is yes. Dwight Watson, dubbed the Tractor Man. Yeah. Of course, he was named Dwight. We'll leave it right there. We'll leave the, it right oh, there. Was what year was that? Just for. Uh, uh two thousand. Two? Two? Two or three? Two or three. Yeah. 
that was the absolute 2003. Early, I was here for it. March 17th, 2003. <sighs> I forgot yeah. all about him. Uh, oh, no, I don't forget oh, that. Wow, that was like right after we moved there. Yeah. Yeah. Never forget, Eric. Never I forget. Should, never forget Tractor Man. Hashtag. I went out for a run, saw the tractor driving north in the parkway, and I was like, that's different. And then I get back to my office, and there's the news. And I was like, that's the guy I just ran past. <laughs> Did you give him directions? Did not. No, he was heading north. He was fine. He was. Oh, that seemed like he knew what he was doing. So anyway, right. yeah. I, yeah. So back so, to the tiered approach or wherever we were. All you know, right. So a couple other, uh, <laughs> a couple other uh, tips when we when it comes to emergency planning. I think this is this conversation is a good example of how you, it really doesn't necessarily need to be anything written. Um, it, it could be as simple as having a conversation with your significant other over dinner, uh, and your family, just making sure everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other some other tips here. One is um, downloading a, a texting app uh, such as Signal, which you know I'm not giving them free advertising, but uh, disaster data endorsed it's the uh and you just did app of choice and but i just if, did but if they're listening and want to talk sponsorship we're open to it we would be happy to be <laughs> the only podcast that they sponsor um <laughs> signing up for local emergency alerts uh so if you live in uh, a county or a city they well most of us live in counties or parishes um if you live in a city almost all emergency management agencies have some sort of emergency alerting uh capability, whether that's text message or email to tell you about things going on in your community, definitely recommend uh, signing up for those. Uh, And then uh, some we'll get we'll probably get into this a little deeper, but uh, a little bit of financial uh, planning. One is having cash on hand. I suck at carrying cash right now. I have like seven dollars in my wallet, which would not get me very far. Uh, But Mm -hmm. it is one of the few things that, uh, you know, if we do have some sort of significant electrical event, ATMs may be down, um, the financial network may be down. I have a jar full of coins. <laughs> of course. Oh, and he's shaking it. He's shaking his moneymaker, literally. <laughs> hey, it's it's, very it's money. an audible medium, man. This is, this, is as fi- this is as financially sound as I can get right now, a uh, uh, one-quart mason jar full of quarters. Shall we guess well, how much is in the mason jar? <laughs> Answer on the next podcast. If you would you like to guess, the closest one that gets it on the comments section, we'll send you a picture <laughs> of the mason jar. Of the mason jar. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all right. Moving on. But no. All it, right. We glossed over, it, but the financial stuff is important. I think we'll get to it a little bit later. But it's not something that I'm even remotely prepared for beyond a mason jar. No, and, and well, I mean, we can talk about it now. We might as well. Uh, so, and and Robin, you're the one who most recently went through some sort of disaster. So I don't know if you guys did anything to prepare financially for it, but um, you know, simple stuff like wrapping important documents in uh, uh, like Ziploc bags. Um, you know, uh, moving. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we started doing it. Well, uh, say we. That was all Megan. Um, you know, we've got the fire safe and all that stuff, and it's small and portable and ready to go. And then so she started realizing when we started seeing, uh, um, you know, pictures of, of some of our other friends' houses starting to take on water. She's like, yeah, it's it's good, but we should probably put all this stuff in Ziplocs, then put it inside the fire safe. Um, I don't know if that thing will 100% is waterproof as well. Uh, um, and from the other, from the financial perspective, we did go and pull um, some money out of the ATM just to be ready in case but you know we were we were fortunate unlike uh, um florida and things like that this really wasn't a this was a water event not a wind event so that we didn't lose power we didn't lose a lot of those those things at least in our part of town um yeah it's the it's the water stuff um not the water stuff like wrapping it in water i think that's really smart because no, yeah. no, wrapping, wrapping it, wrapping it, wrapping it in, in plastic. plastic. No, yeah, yeah, sorry, wrapping it in plastic to protect it from the water. Of what Eric says. You don't want yeah. anybody to get your documents, flush them down the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, see, because um, uh, one of the girls took the keys to our safe because it was hidden in one of those Russian doll sets. Like, I had the keys in there. And she took it open, played with it, took the keys to the safe. Well, needed the keys to fly, the ne- you know, to get documents to fly for them. Yeah, couldn't find the keys, like, 
midnight, one o'clock in the morning, couldn't find the keys anywhere. So I ended up taking a sledgehammer to my uh, fire safe and to get the documents out. Guess how many hits it took? Three. Two, two hits. Two smacks, and I had that thing open. So I, everything is in the fire safe, but it's not really fireproof at this point. So I went and bought a little Nomex thing to cover it up until I get a nice. new fire safe. But it's the waterproofing, those are harder to find, I found, looking for. It's hard to find one that's fire and waterproof. Yeah. So, but financially, yeah, I have no cash. Ziploc no. makes a handy addition for all of, like, 35 cents a bag, I think. Yeah. You right. must get the fancy bags. Yeah, double zip, <laughs> freezer proof. I mean, oh, I just get the little sandwich bags that just fold over. <laughs> right? Those those work? No, no, those don't work. Those do not work. Do not. Do, do not work. Um, uh, so the other thing, um, I, I guess this has a financial impact, is like making sure you're familiar with what your homeowners or flood insurance covers and what it, uh, more importantly, probably does not cover. So there's resources online. You can talk to your insurance agent. You can go to um, uh, FEMA.gov and check out. They've got a pretty substantive uh, website on national flood insurance and just flood insurance in general. Uh, so those are those are very good resources as well. And those can be useful uh, in determining what could be covered and, and whatnot. And then on the other side of that is... Do you guys got flood insurance? No. no. However... Now, when you call your insurance company to ask them about water coming into your house, I guarantee you, if you explain where the water is, where it came into the house and where came in through the dishwasher. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, look, I I had this and I gave them the whole scenario and they're like completely stomped. Like, we're going to call you back. And it ended up going to a corporate level as to who called me back to tell me, yeah, we don't cover that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun for me. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the last thing sort of financial is, um, protecting your identity. So there are, uh, a lot of scammers who take advantage of disasters, regardless whether it's the hurricanes we're seeing right now or tornadoes or, um, floods and go out and prey on people, whether they pretend to be, um, you know, insurance adjusters or, you know, trying to sell goods and services, you know, removing, um, garbage, but, uh, you know, pay the down payment first, all these different types of things, frauds and scams. Um, they are, uh, always, um, something to watch out for after a disaster. So you just want to make sure that you're using reputable companies. You're familiar with who your insurance company is. Um, you know, communicate with them. Don't provide personal information over the phone. Um, if it's not someone that you're familiar with or really probably shouldn't do that at all. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, Robin, if you have any more experience, if you've seen any of this. I know um, pod, pod well, friend had, uh, Michael. We've crazy is, kinds of stories. A few of these, these fly-by-night contractors or somebody will write on one of those magnets. They'll stick to their truck of, you know, so-and-so's contracting service. They got video of folks, you know, that are supposedly going in to do estimates and they're stealing right out of yeah. right out of houses and things like that. So it's right. it's prevalent. I think one thing to add to uh, to making a plan too is, um, you know, if you've got a storm coming or whatever, make sure that you have a full tank of gas. As we've seen both in in Florida and I think a little bit in Texas, um, people gas stations ran out of gas and people are sitting in in gas lines for hours. Um, I've been sitting so, in a gas line my whole life, so <laughs> you are the gas line. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There was a, I was in Florida not long after a hurricane several years ago. And even then, this is a week after the hurricane hit. And it was funny, our rental cars to keep them going. We, we had four gas cans that we bought at a Walmart, whatever, and had them tucked in the back of the condo we were renting uh, just to keep the cars full for the couple of days until the, the gas lines died down and, and what have you. Thankfully, we were driving Kias, which is pretty much, you know, a, a golf cart takes more gas. So we were okay with those. The hamster cars. Yeah. But on the on the other end, don't be that guy that goes and takes like a 15 gas cans to fill up your truck and then drains the whole uh, uh, store because there were several right. 
mean, that was what was causing, there was like a false shortage here in, in Texas. Um, not really here in Houston, but like San Antonio, Austin, those kind of areas, because people were going and filling up. Um, and, These giant and tanks. Trucks. Yeah, those giant tanks, they'd, they'd throw something in the back of their truck to go fill it up, like 55-gallon drums and stuff that's not even rated to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and they were killing all the gas stations over there in central Texas, and all the trucks were, were refilling here in Houston. So there's this false shortage. Um, and I think it started to impact up the up the eastern seaboard by y'all because that pipeline that goes into North Carolina. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing about about uh, preparedness is being situationally aware of understanding what are the impacts across the nation or across the world that may still impact your home. You know, our, our yeah. hurricane, our hurricane is going to cause now higher gas prices or gas shortages and things like that that are going to impact your, you know, your daily commute. So the, uh, the next thing is we've sort of get into emergency planning is um, ways you can get involved in your community. So the first step is trying to make yourself prepared at home. Um, but there's a ton of different ways you can get involved in your community. Uh, and I sort of wanted to talk uh, to Rob about this because I know he was a volunteer for the Red Cross for a long time. Um, and there are others. I mean, we, we all met uh, on as being volunteer firefighters. Um, there's CERT, the community emergency response teams. There's things like getting involved at your local animal shelter. Uh, those are always uh, useful connections to have in emergency. Um, so sort of Rob wanted to talk about your, if you could talk about your experience with the Red Cross and how you got involved with that. Yeah, so I pretty much started volunteering with the Red Cross. I just walked into one of their local chapters when I moved down to Virginia, knowing that that was a place you can volunteer. I volunteered you know, through high school and just wanted to keep going and do something because I knew nobody when I moved here. Uh, so I walked in and they gave me a list of different areas and I pretty much just got into all of them. Everything from driving seniors to the grocery store, working with the youth groups and into disaster services. And basically the, the way the Red Cross, we've all seen, regardless of what the news says, the basic of what the Red Cross does is the disaster happens, regardless of size, they're the ones that go in and help start the rebuilding process wherever it is. Um, I know there's, I have a friend who's down in Puerto Rico now helping with the hurricane that just plowed through there. Um, but even just on a local level, you can just stay within your, your town, your County. Um, and what I had done was responded to mostly house fires in the area and helping the families find shelter, find food, find clothing for a couple of days to, so they can kind of get back on their track. Um, and really when you get into an organization like that, there's almost in the initial training, you know, they tell you to keep yourself prepared so that or your family and your home set um, so that when you have to leave, they're OK. They're settled for for the time you're gone. Um, and, and we learned that at the firehouse that, you know, makes make sure home base is, is settled so you can go. Um, but I was the, I was with the Red Cross for five years and yeah, I love it there. Uh, very. Connected to it. That's how I met Jen. So, you know, a lot of good came out of it. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little bit here and there. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, that's that was how I got involved in and basically what we did around the Northern Virginia area. Um, did, and uh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to ask if anyone else had did any emergency preparedness. Uh, um, volunteering before they join the fire department uh not officially no No. i did college ems but yeah i mean i did college ems too i i sort of count that as one of the same with the fire department but i don't know if there was anything else that anybody else did some of these programs are pretty new and and we sort of missed the wave on that cert was something that was created um after 9 11 um citizen corps yeah. I don't know if Citizen Corps existed before or after. It sounds like I an after know, thing. FEMA thing. We held Teach Cert. Who was I with when we did that? Probably, pro- probably me. I, any one of us. I know I taught Cert. Yeah, I thought I provided. For a reason. Yeah. Pre nine eleven, a lot of the organizations we was the Red Cross, the Salvation Army. Um, there was one or two others, but yeah, a lot of the the Cert classes, the the Citizen Corps, the the um, 
EMS responders where, where they take um, doctors, nurses, uh, yeah. help me out, med the medical, medical corps, reserve, course. medical right. reserve, thank you, type yeah. organization. A lot of that came out of the, the post 9-11 wave. Yeah, right. Um, it, I mean, for me, I, it was, uh, you know, growing up, you just, there were all volunteer firefighter department or fire departments around wildfire, all that kind of stuff. And you just kind of help. So in college, like, you know, just helped with the training that the, uh, the local fire department did, but not like not anything else beyond that. Right. I was a dummy. I was essentially a live action dummy. And what's the whole, that's the whole today. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, and, and I, you know, I want to, I'll give a little plug here for cert, the community, uh, community emergency response teams. Cause a lot of us, a couple of us at least were cert instructors when we were members of the fire department. Um, and there's some, I mean, they do a lot of good work. You're going to learn basic first aid. You'll learn how to manage utilities, like shutting off a gas meter, um, some very basic search and rescue, um, on the premise that you're sort of operating alone before first responders can get there. Um, and the, the great thing is you're doing it with your neighbors cause it's organized at the community level. And, um, you know, you're working with people who are, uh, you're training with people who will, um, you may be working with if there is a, an emergency. And it also is a great, uh, way to get involved. A lot of the cert teams, uh, work with their local police or fire departments for large events, you know, help with things as simple as directing traffic, uh, for parades or, um, you know, uh, large events that are happening in the town. So, um, it's a great way to get involved in your community and learn basic uh, emergency preparedness at the same time. So yeah. can't just wanted to give that uh, give that a good plug. You know, one thing too, that if, if, if you're a ham radio operator, a lot of times in, in disasters when, when uh, utilities go out, ham radios are up and running. And I know that during the derecho here and power was out, um, there was a ham operator um, at each fire station. So they could communicate um, they can talk back and forth between fire stations if the, the radios go out and stuff like that. So if you're a ham radio operator, get involved that way. Yeah. Um, and the other, another good thing is reach out to your utilities. A lot of them have uh, public outreach departments, and they're more than happy to come talk to a school group, a church group, um, community meeting about uh, not just the, the usual gripes, right, about your power bill or um, you know why your why your water costs so much, but, um, they'll talk about utility safety, how to manage your utilities, the sort of the, the basic structure of the infrastructure, not yeah. to be redundant there, but you know, how does the electricity get from the generation station to your house? And, and what are the dangers? What is the organization of that system? Um, some very interesting and useful information, especially in, in case of an emergency. So, uh, and you can also, when they're in your neighborhood, like doing repair work or whatever, you can also talk to them there. I've normally found that there's, it's entertaining to talk to them. Found out my place didn't have an outside shutoff. The, there's the only shutoff was in the house. There was no street level shutoff like all the other houses did, but cause it was so for what for, oh, for natural gas. Sorry. So oh. like all our neighbors and stuff have street level shutoffs. We don't cause we, they hadn't done any major work in it. Uh, lo and behold, when we were out for vacation the other week, got a text message from a neighbor, which is why it's good to have your neighbors, you know, at, as friends and good contacts, uh, sent a picture. Apparently, there was a gas leak between our property and the one next door, and they were coming to aerate the lawn, dig it out, and then they put in a street-level shutoff as well. And they're going to come back in a couple of weeks to uh, uh, to dig into it and replace the whole line. So essentially, I'm getting a whole new swath of land, but. All of this is just, you know, having conversations with them. They find out about things about your place because they don't know the in, the inside of every house or how old all the meters are. So it's good to yeah. have conversations with them whenever you can. Yeah, that, that's a really good note, Eric, because when they're coming at your house, especially if you're like your entire street doesn't have gas or electrical service, definitely go out and just like stand around and chit chat with the repair guys. <laughs> yeah, they're trying that was, to get service. That's out. what I was going to say. If there's, if you hear a hissing noise, uh, do not go towards them as they work. Yes, <laughs> and a regular non, you know, emergency related activity, asshole. You can then go talk to them. Maybe wait till you see them at their at lunch, you know, at the food store. Catch them that way when they're all on break. <laughs> Anyways, Storm. don't knock those guys. Do not knock the utility no. guys. They are. No, no those wow. guys are. Yeah. Especially the electrical guys I see come through Jesus. here, man, they are, they just look like they're ready for a good time. <laughs> I want to hang out with those guys. <laughs> yeah. I want to try the helicopter stuff for them. Like 
that just fascinates me watching those videos on YouTube. I did spend like 20 minutes watching those YouTube videos on how they fix hell, uh, the high wires, tension the high wires. Tension. wires. Yeah, oh. I'm just like, oh, you got There's be- an IMAX. There's an IMAX that has yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that this guy, like, his job is to jump off a helicopter onto a live high tension. <laughs> high voltage wire and he's like yeah if like i'm still touching the helicopter when i touch the wire pretty much game over game over man gotta go (laughs) talk to you later jesus uh god love it sorry side side tangent joe but i need to watch that video we'll look for that yeah we'll tweet that out we'll tweet that out for Show 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 notes We have show notes. We'll do the show notes live. (laughs) Fuck it. We'll do the show notes live. I'll just stand here and read them to anyone who asks. (laughs) I'll open a Periscope stream and I will read the show notes to anyone who asks. The Disaster Dad's Periscope. Oh, don't give us ideas. We can barely manage what we already have. Are you going to read out the whole URL for the link? Yes. Yes. HTTP, yeah. Is that a forward slash or a backslash? Which one do you call this? I call it a forward. But anyways. All right. So uh, let's let's change gears a little bit. Um, So the third thing you can do is um, practice and and practice your plans, right? So we talked a little bit about uh, fire drills. and, And those are great things to do, easy things to do for your family. Uh, I can't recommend enough. One of the things I do professionally is I organize uh, uh, emergency exercises, drills and exercises. Um, And not only in my workplace are they a benefit to the staff, at least I hope they're a benefit to the staff, uh, (laughs) but as an emergency planner, they're, uh, they're, you know, a great way to collect feedback on how uh, your plans are structured and where, where things need to change there. But they can be done at the local like family level, right? You can do them within your house. So the fire drill is a great thing to do. You can do it, uh, you know, first step, sort of like crawl, walk, run. So you do it in the middle of the day. Everybody's down in the living room and you just say, okay, now we're going to pretend like there's a fire and what do we do? And then you amp it up and maybe you do it um, when people are in different rooms of the house. Maybe it's still daylight out um, and you ask everybody to evacuate you activate the fire alarm and then the third thing you do is you do it at night which is when it's going to be um more likely to occur and probably the more um, dangerous scenario if there's a fire in your house at night you're going to be sleeping so people are in their bedrooms so you do it when they're in their bed um and uh, ask them to evacuate and of course have multiple ways out of the house so whether that's you know a front or back staircase, whether that's knowing how to get out a window if they needed to, um, and where that is then going to put them, hopefully on a roof line, um, or a bush below. But those are very simple things you can do to, to practice, um, those emergency plans in your household. And I don't know if any of you guys, we sort of talked about this earlier, uh, emergency plans at work, emergency uh, drills at work or, uh, at home, if you've seen anything creative or things that, you wouldn't you haven't seen elsewhere nope nope all pretty, nope. Not, all pretty standard my, uh, at the work yeah no, i've no, got to the episode of the office of where they actually start a fire no uh okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet that clip of dwight Schrute preparing for <laughs> that out because i'll tweet it on the disaster dad's twitter account i actually used if you haven't seen this clip of the office it's where dwight Schrute lights the office on fire um <laughs> And it's probably, if you have any interest in emergency preparedness or emergency planning, it's probably the funniest thing you've ever seen. I started all the classes that I did at work with that clip. And it was uh, for people who at the time were like 25 and older who actually had heard of The Office. It was great. (laughs) Uh, They actually got a a pretty good kick out of it. It was a good way to start the class. Uh, I teach a lot of people who are interns and they are college students and they have no idea what The Office is. So it sort of goes over their heads. I know. Single tier. Um, So do do I need a set? Do I need a separate? work evacuation plan for me since well your work yes you do (laughs) yeah you don't have to set one of the on a serious note you don't have to like have something labeled as a full-time teleworker like for your agency or anything like that no i mean no i'm joking around like do i need a separate 
no, but no, we know what the alarm flag. Joking. We know you're joking around, yeah. but you've got it. You've touched on this kind of a serious thing. Like, if your employer sets you up on a full time like telework type of thing, do you have to do anything to prove to them that you know how to? You know, you have some sort of plan in place. No, you don't. Huh? Oh. Um, Who's liable for you then? Do they, well, here, here, do they ever have they ever like checked in with you and not not like on a joking level, but like so so after Harvey hit here. We did a, a mass notification to all of our employees, and we actually had to run it through several times. Um, and then we we're trying to get to hear back from everybody because a lot of our staff were even so. You know, is there a mass notification plan that your work has so, to check up on you? As far I mean, we have satellite offices all over the country, and we have teleworkers all over the country and in Puerto Rico. So I know there is either with the hurricanes, you kind of either talk to your supervisors ahead of time of like i'm gonna need time to get the hell out of here or i mean they, they do do status checks of in, in case someone's not checking in or, or answering calls then yeah they'll they'll ratchet it up further um but because i know we have a couple people yeah i know we have a couple people that live in florida that at one point there was a hurricane that came through a couple years ago and my boss was like does anybody know this guy's phone number i haven't heard from him and so yeah we were like linking up we we sorry you know we felt bad we dimed out the guy's cell phone number but yeah boss got a hold of him all, all was good so this is a a subtle way of saying we need we need to have some sort of plan in place for those outside the office when you're part of the office structure still yeah hmm so <laughs> um i mean see, i'm still in the the metro area i'm not in a hurricane-prone state, so I, I don't know the the, the, the nitty-gritty of it. Give it a yeah. couple years. This will be a hurricane-prone well, And I'm also right. assuming that everybody on the podcast has put all of their kids through incident command system training, ICS training. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. We just went to the zoo. That was a big plan, a part of it. Not not just 100 and 200, uh, 300 and 400 over here. I mean, my three-year-old <laughs> is going well, to look, assume three-year-old, command. That three-year-old wants to assume command of the toddler sector he better right. have 300. Exactly oh, he's working right. he's working his way up. He's he's standing in the back of the CRV running the board. That's, That's there's right. no question. <laughs> Nutty Yoles has the uh, professional development series yet. You know. Now Caden's uh, a little older so Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're queuing up to apply for it. We haven't uh, right. got the application completed yet. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go I want to find out what happens when Joe runs the middle of the night fire drill. Yeah. How, how his wife and kids are going to handle that one. Take well, a video if, for me. Yeah. You might think, as well just mount. You might as well it's going to look problem. like Dwight at the office where he actually lights the house on fire. Find your 25-mile <laughs> safe place to go to. Yeah. If, if any of you ever drove for me on the ambulance, you know that it's my problem getting out of the – getting out of the yeah, – <laughs> waking true. up in the middle of the night. That's true. So – if anything, I'm the goner in this situation, and my wife right. and kids will get out just fine. Well, I, you drove for me at some point, Joe, and at one point I had to tell the the newbie on the back, the uh, trainee on the back, after ten o'clock, if we run a call, don't talk to Joe. Right. He talks to you. That's right. <laughs> I get a little grumpy after ten o'clock. Just saying. Just a little. Just a little. Yeah. Well, we're going to save all that for our War Stories episode that have been requested. I know. Yeah. Um, all right. Some other things as you sort of practice and build out your plans. One is um, phone apps. So we were talking before this episode uh, started, kicked off about some of the apps we have on our phones. A good one is the FEMA app. If you've paid attention to the recent hurricane coverage, you know that there's a FEMA app, or at least you should. <laughs> Um, I feel like they've been they've been plugging it uh, quite a bit, and rightly so. There's a lot of good information available in that app. Um, the the obvious one is uh, shelter location. So if for some reason you're displaced from your house, it's going to have the location of all of the uh, um, shelters that may have been activated as uh, part of the recovery of the event. So that's a, a very useful thing to have on your phone. Um, some of the others guys that we talk about, um, one is a radio dispatch app, uh, Five O Radio. And I know there's a couple more, but you can keep up with um, what the fire department or the police department in your community are up to. Or if you just want to, like, listen to, like, see what FDNY is doing or L.A. Fire, you can do that, too. Um, any others? 
I, I, I am the slacker and I have no emergency response apps at all. Does anybody have the like we call it the stalker app in our family where you can sort of keep you can geolocate everyone in the family in uh, case find friends. That's standard with the iPhones, I believe. Uh, you just have to add the people. So as long as they're on I, that's the one I have. So as long as it's on an iPhone, um, yeah, it's called Find Friends, and you can track it. We use my wife and I use this because I'll go out on a run, and there was one time I went for a long run to tell her how long I was going to go or where I was going, and she was like, "You're gone for an hour and a half. I don't know where you are." So we found out this Find Friends one. So if we get worried about each other, you, you ping yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, I don't use it. Yeah, we so we use in our in our family we use an app called Life Three Hundred and Sixty. Yeah, okay, um, and that's great because it's also free, uh, and it, you can work. We have Android and iPhone phones in our family, um, in the extended family. So um, it it's compatible with both, and so that's very useful for. Uh, both locating, but then also if you, if anybody were to ever run into trouble, there's a like a panic button on it that you can just fire up and hit it, okay. and and tell people you know car broke down or whatever the issue may be. And what was that one? Family three sixty. Life three sixty. Um, Life three sixty. Life three sixty. Okay. Yeah. We, we just refer to it as the stalker app. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we can pretty much know where everyone in the family is at any time. Yeah, I'll go off for the run and and I'll you know Jen knows I have my phone, so I'll, I'll joke around like I have the homing device on me. I have my yeah, and the the ability to use it for evil is also fantastic. You know, we'll get <laughs> we'll get together for a family gathering and like the last person to arrive, everyone's on their phone being like, oh, oh. No, just left home. See, I, no, turned, the, I turned it they're off. They're stopping a giant. They forgot exactly. something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I I got like a request from relatives and i turned it off i'm like i'll get a hold of you if needed this this is a little too intense for me i'm sorry nice. i don't need i don't i turn it off so yeah I, I have gotenna though um that you did get me. it i did get it i haven't had a chance to play with it yet i tried it but i couldn't i haven't got it fully hooked up yet you have to connect it to two different your phone and then another phone so you can do it all so as soon as you get yours frank we'll see if they can uh, mesh and get together but that's another app. So one of those communication apps. So Frank, you do not have your Gotenna yet. Nope. Oh, Always. So meshing sounds dirty, by the way. We, Frank and I were like <laughs> Frank and I were in the the last batch of two hundred, like out of I don't know how many hundreds of thousands that they did. The last batch of two hundred that's taken over a year, and then the hurricane came. And oops, sorry, can't get it to you now. Gonna need to wait till after Harvey clears. Oops, sorry, another one hit Florida. So that's part of our distribution packing facility as well. Can't you know? So if yeah. only came. Good. Yeah. Sorry, Frank. Anyways, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving on. But there are a lot of apps. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. So like, I have Dominion Power. I have some utility stuff on there so that I can get a hold of them, figure out what's yeah. going on there. So I don't have their phone numbers or anything like that written down like he talked about but i have twitter and i've got the you know, some of those apps to be able to pull up as needed um which all then goes to say i also have a um uh, lithium battery charger so that i can charge my phone for a couple extra rounds uh if i don't have power because i don't have anything written down it's all yeah. on my phone does, the, the power does... company is good too where if you just go to their website or call the number and basically put in your phone number to where it usually it's a home phone number, whatever the bill is linked to, they got the address. So they know the outage is there. Um, The dominion power who runs Virginia's they've been pretty good with the reporting process and the response process from what I've seen over the years. Ditto. 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 So the last um, sort of the last big tip there is is uh, for tonight is uh, or for today or for this morning whenever you happen to be listening is uh, See, get involved. It's hard to do. You guys, it is mock, so hard but it's to really do. Really hard to do. I know. God. Or if you're in, if you're in your car and we're taking too long and you want to slam us on Twitter, that's. <laughs> I'm infamous on Twitter. <laughs> um, so. You can uh, what I would the, sort of the last thing to wrap this up is take some of these ideas, whether it's um, 
you know, emergency drills or um, emergency contact info, having some basic supplies and apply them to other aspects of your life, whether that's a business that you're part of, a faith-based organization, your church, community organization, you know, nonprofit, civic group that you belong to. Make sure they're part of them. They're prepared for emergencies, too, because uh, they, you know, obviously this is all part of a societal fabric here, right? So all these organizations link uh, people and it creates a structure of resiliency uh, across the country. So um, whatever you can do to make sure that the uh, various aspects of your life are prepared, it's all going to come back to benefit you uh, and make sure that you're prepared. So um, with that, I don't have anything else. I'm done. I hit the end of the outline. I feel like there should be some sort of applause. Well, for some streamers or, are going or, off. Or maybe a, maybe a tagline you could say. I don't. <laughs> I don't do taglines. I'm. I'm not a tagline guy. I'll leave it for somebody else. Well, you know, you don't do taglines. Dan doesn't do month stuff. So this has really been a good episode so far. <laughs> so far, which there's still time. Dan, you're Wait, making the face. What stuff now? You, you're like uh, one thing I want to do when we do this podcast is we won't do disaster preparedness month. Like let's talk about, it, but not call it a month. So then when this idea came across, you were like the first one to jump on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he forgot about that conversation. This is good. <laughs> well, I still think it's a dumb idea, but. <laughs> I believe I jumped on it after after Joe said he would do the outline. That was the real winner. In uh, uh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Well, uh, everyone, um, thank you for joining us for the start of season two. Thank you for Robin for joining the family. He was always part of the family, but now we can actually put you out there. So um, should you have any questions, make sure to hit us up on Disaster Dad's on Twitter, Disaster Dads on Facebook, DisasterDads.com on the interwebs. Uh, download us at your favorite podcasting uh, platform, as long as it's uh, Google or uh, Apple Podcasts. And um, uh, look forward to the next episode. Send us your ideas again. And with that, we panic so you don't have to. Thanks a lot, everyone. Bye. <laughs>